Hi, family. Welcome back. Um, how are you? I hope that you are doing well this week and today. Um, today's the last episode in our Earthling series, and I can't believe it has gone by so quickly. But I hope that those of you who are listening have enjoyed the content that we've been putting out this past month. Again, I am so thankful to the community because of you. I've actually been able to do what I love, and that's honestly the greatest feeling. Um, today's episode is actually with someone who has already been on Lemon Water way back when in season one. I'm sitting down with Tanya Papanikolov, who is the founder of Rainbow Mushrooms. Tanya is a very dear friend of mine, and today we deep dive into all the magical things fungi does to support not only our bodies, but the ecosystem. For those of you who don't know much about the fungi universe, you will truly be left amazed. And we also get into the different tinctures that Rainbow currently offers and all the benefits of them to our body. Um, Though we don't cover all the FAQs that you may have, I do encourage you to reach out to the Rainbow team as they do have tons of knowledge and are always available to answer any questions that you may have. Um, I decided to do this episode series since I do believe that Earth Month or Earth Day shouldn't really be narrowed into one specific day. And I really do believe that we all must be aware and take interest in bettering our earth and our environment because at the end of the day, the earth doesn't need us as much as we need the earth. Um, Again, I love you all so dearly. And if you've enjoyed the episodes and the podcast, I would love nothing more for you to subscribe and leave a review because those bring me so much joy and just help me in continuing to do what I do. Again, I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get into that episode and I really hope to see you guys soon. Okay, but quick message from our sponsors before we head into our episode. As some of you may or may not know, I really do not drink alcohol, mainly for the reason because alcohol really bloats me and makes me uncomfortable and I hate that feeling so I am staying away from it and I'm always looking for non-alcoholic alternatives mainly something that I can slowly sip on in social settings and make fun drinks out of so it's been a fun journey but with that I'm so excited to share that our Earth Month series is actually sponsored by our friends over at Seedlip so Seedlip is the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirits on a mission to change the way the world drinks by connecting people to the wonders of the natural world. So crafted from the highest quality globally sourced spices, herbs, citrus, and barks, each expression celebrates the vast range of flavor that nature provides. So we have aromatic Spice 94, Herbal Garden 108, and Citrus Grove 42, which is my personal favorite, um, all of which have no alcohol, calories, or sugar. So you simply can top it with a splash of tonic or bubbly water or use it as a base for more complex recipes. So Seedlip is designed for that cocktail experience and makes crafting non-alcoholic drinks super easy at home. So if you are someone who does not drink alcohol or even someone that does and want to try it out, we have a special code for Lemon Water listeners. So use code LEMONWATER at checkout for 10% off your first order. So we'll speak a little bit more on Seedlip later on, but now to our episode. Hi, Tanya. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm doing good. How are I'm, you? I'm doing good. I am so excited and really looking forward to having you on this episode today because as we know, the, this episode series is about people in this world, well, earthlings to be exact, that are connecting the work that they do um, in relation to their passion and experience with nature and how nature makes them feel. So I thought, of course, it would just make sense to have you on here today. Um, For those of you listening, and if you've been Lemon Water since day one, Tanya has actually been on the podcast, season one. 
um, way back when, when she was known as the well woman. This was before Rainbow was born. So this is the first guest that I've ever had on twice, which is fun. And I feel like since then, so much has changed. Um, I mean, Tanya has created Rainbow and so many of you love it. And I would really love to kind of deep dive and talk more about the mushroom world and all the benefits that it has to our bodies, to the ecosystem and the planet. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to pass it over to you. And I just want um, to kind of get the listeners familiarized with Tanya and all about you. Okay. Well, first of all, honored to be the guest that has had a second (laughs) return. Um, And yeah, a lot has changed. I think that was 2015. And um, a little bit, I mean, intro wise about me, I... My name is Tanya. I'm a holistic nutritionist and have been like really, really immersed in the worlds of food and nutrition um, and fungi and healing for quite some time now. And um, in 2019, launched Rainbow, which is a Canadian company, and we're creating medicinal mushroom products and education. And so now I'm, I'm, yeah, that's my, that's my baby. My business, uh, so I'm very full on running that and learning about what it's really like to run a business and have the values that I have and see that translated and continue to strive to translate that into a business during this time. It's a really interesting process, um, and yeah, I. Uh, that's that's like a little bit of a a little bit of a gist a little bit so <laughs> let's talk about rainbow and how did it start and what was your initial relationship with mushrooms also to make note that you know people have been using mushrooms for centuries in their healing practices but um what was your first initial encounter with them and you know what inspired you and what made you realize like okay this definitely like this is definitely something that I want to do and I want to bring you know my education and what I've learned and use apply my experiences and create this beautiful company I mean that was like a four-part question so I'm kind of just gonna let you take (laughs) over and 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 say whatever you would like to say about that totally so um I, I sometimes I try and go back and think about what my first really recognition with mushrooms was. And, um, you know, it was definitely like on my plate somewhere, something that my mom had, you know, made spaghetti and mushrooms in like a pasta or something. But, um, what, what I, what I really distinctly remember about this journey is back in 2011, attending a conference. It was like a health conference and listening to David Wolf talk about chaga and just going on and on about the betulinic acid and this like black conch. And I I really will never forget that moment because it was just this little like seed that dropped into my consciousness that um, started to plant itself there and, and expand and kind of really started my curiosity. So that was the first time I ever really remember somebody speaking um, in a way that they were incredibly inspired about mushrooms. And yes, of course, you know, I don't think we can talk about medicinal mushrooms without mentioning, you know, traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and really honoring. And I have, I have such a deep respect for, for those traditions and cultures that have really revered fungi and known about their health benefits and healing properties for millennia, thousands of years back to like, you know, these dynasties of China where, you know, they were reserving them for royalty and just slowly growing upon this body of knowledge. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to like contrast that there are, if you look at the world in, in res- with respect to like, what areas of the world are mycophilic versus mycophobic. 
um, you know, largely North America is dominated or has been historically dominated by a really big fear of fungi. You know, so our it's not part of our culture that our like parents- our, our we had this perception like don't touch the mushrooms they're poisonous <laughs> exactly like don't even go near them um, and whereas in Asia and different parts of Russia and Eastern Europe there are like you know countries and, and large cultures and areas that are known to be mycophilic um, which is like you know if you if you know like hydrophilic hydrophobic like water loving water repellent. Um, so there's just these cultures that love fungi and that have really revered them and then others that have really steered away from them. So, um, it's an interesting time now that we're in, in North America where it's, you know, the mushroom boom is happening and people are really starting to like, good morning people. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> yeah. How's it going? We've been here. Um, so a lot of, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of my knowledge was really like based off of traditional Chinese medicine and, um, you know, a lot of holistic practice practitioners really, um, you know, just give, give reverence and respect, um, to where the traditions started and where, um, where, where the healing properties are really like stemming from. And then it's cool to see, of course, our more modern Western science build upon that knowledge and really show the efficacy of, of what, you know, was said, but it's cool because, you know, they approached it from more of a spiritual perspective too, where it's like, you know, Rishi is this mushroom of immortality and spiritual potency. And like, what does that really mean? It can mean something different for everybody, but it's also, um, it's like a big, bold, beautiful statement that is, you know, not the way that we would describe it in North America. So it's beautiful to be able to like really understand both sides of how, humanity is talking about mushrooms. Um, but anyways, back to, back to that point. I, yeah, I, I kind of, that was the first moment that I really remember learning about them and being really excited and interested and, you know, would, would then kind of went on to forage and learn about mushrooms and go up into like our Canadian forests and, Um, you know, we would go forage with David and he would teach us and share his knowledge. Um, and I started to forage for my own chaga and reishi and, um, brewing teas. And then when I was in nutrition school, I started a protocol where I was using high doses of reishi and that was back in 2015 and 16. And and I just saw pretty incredible results in my body. And that was my firsthand experience where I was like, wow, these are powerful and I feel different. And it was, it was, um, you know, and even at that point, it's not like I was like, wow, I need to start a mushroom company, you know, (laughs) by no means did I really like, I think all of this has just been a really, really fascinating journey of, of my experiences coming together to create this, um, this brand and, and, uh, yeah, in 2017, I started like really diving into mycology and mushroom growing and um, learning more about the ways that mushrooms can really honestly save our planet, save us, save our species, and the, the way that we can partner with them and the way that we can become fungal allies and have their kind of just work with them in, in a different way to kind of save you know, what, what is happening on our planet with this like sixth largest extinction. Um, and, and so the more I learned, I was just completely captivated and excited to share the knowledge and to get this information out there and to have, you know, people learning to grow mushrooms, eating more mushrooms, understanding them, creating that reverence in our culture in the way that we, you know, it's, it is, um, it, it's been in Asian and different cultures around the world for so long. So, yeah. And then, okay, so we're going to touch on a lot of notes that you just mentioned, especially like how to save the ecosystem with mushrooms. But what I do want to say is like the first product you did put out was 1111. So 
I think what's so special about that is it wasn't you taking the time to just talk about one specific mushroom and its benefits. It's like, I'm going to put all these little guys together and we're going to make one. And I'm, I feel as though that one took the longest to kind of formulate and develop into research. Am I right? Um, yeah. I mean, that was, it was also, it was definitely took the longest, but it was also like, um, you know, I, when I, when, when it was, it was 2017 and I was combining these mushrooms and I, I ran a little pilot test study with, um, some people and doctors and naturopaths and nutritionists in the city. And, um, you know, I got feedback and I just, I ran a little test in, in the best way that I could. Um, and, and that really helped inform the brand and what product to launch with and all of those things. So it definitely took the longest, but it was also kind of going hand in hand with the launch of the company. So that process took a while. There was a lot of research. There was a lot of like, where do I even start? Not coming from a background of, you know, a business school or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that product was, all at once really clear that I wanted to have a product with 11 mushrooms, you know, really utilizing the synergy, the, the like combined benefits of all of these mushrooms in one made sense to me because I was constantly like in my kitchen, adding all of these mushrooms to one, you know, elixir cocktail of a health drink. And so I was like, this all needs to be in one place. And, um, and then from there it was like, okay, there's so many medicinal, medicinal mushrooms and which do we want in here? Finding, you know, finding a manufacturer to grow them all. And yeah, it was such a process. Okay. That's like a lot. Um, we love (laughs) 1111 and it is, it's great. It's great. But I think also through this process of you understanding mushrooms more and studying and learning and observing, you just had to also get get in touch with that nature side of it. Um, and of course, you know, we're talking, it's Earth Month, we're talking about nature and the benefits of the outdoors and also how important it is to save and preserve the earth that we're currently living on since it's slowly and sadly kind of in a deteriorating state. Um, but what do you do not what, but did your relationship with nature grow stronger since you started studying mycology? And if so, how did, what benefits were you seeing? And I I think that you obviously became more aware, um, of the benefits of nature, but, but how were you seeing that change in your everyday life? Mm -hmm. Well, I've had... I think it really has been a long-term fascination with nature and environment that in, in a lot of different ways, like taking oneself out of the city and seeing how quickly your mindset can change and your body can change and heal. And I had a really, really like miraculous healing event in nature a, a few years ago where I had, I was, I had like, hives and itching. And I was itching. I had this, I was seeing naturopathic doctors and we just couldn't figure it out. It had been almost a year of this itching and it was incessant and it, you know, it was hard to sleep. And I went down South to work. Um, where was it? I went to, I, it was like Bonaire or somewhere, somewhere in the Caribbean. And I went there for a job and um, I spent time in the sun. And it was like the first time that I had been in the sun, I was like, for some reason, I'm just not gonna wear, I only had, I was working like most of the day. So I would have like between 7.30 and 9 a.m. to be on the beach. And I would just like swim and swim and um, be in the sun. And it was just, it was like glorious. And one, one night I went for a really long swim and I woke up and it was like, it was instantaneous healed. The itches never came back. I was like, it was, it it felt miraculous. I was just so blown away that what I, the only thing I needed was to get out of the environment of my house in Toronto and 
get into nature. And of course, there's like the salt water and all of these things that are known to be so powerful and healing. Um, but I've had, I feel like throughout the course of my life, I've had these moments and events with either, you know, a specific herb or working, like interning in one of the herbal gardens that I was working in for a while and seeing the power of this plant. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I've had this really long-term fascination with just nature. And I think anybody who loves food and who's um, really interested in healing with food is going to be naturally really drawn to the power of our soil and what that does for our body. So when I learned, when I really started learning about mushrooms and mycology as a whole, it was like the full blown emoji with the head exploding. Like that's how integral and important fungi are in our ecosystem. It's a full circle. It's a full circle. All ecosystems would fail without fungi. We need them. Like they, their intelligence is so incredibly different from ours and 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 they are this like pure nature intelligence that I am forever and ever in awe of and inspired by um and they are constantly responding to you know they're like this this interface place of life and death where they're constantly rebuilding our soils and our forests um you know transferring nutrients throughout all ecosystems they're also like acting as our earth's immune system because they have the ability to kind of create these antibiotics anti fungals anti parasitic um you know substances that prevent and protect the plants around them and themselves they're like the they're like the earth's microbiome it, entirely exactly and so they they also can offer those advantages and adaptations to humans when we partner with them. So as I, as I really started to like understand what they represent as a metaphor of like just existence and survival and realizing nature has so many different forms of intelligence and ours is of course a really interesting one, but it's also very egoic in that we center intelligence as humans being at the top of the food chain and at the top of this whole chain. Um, and that's, you know, it's an interesting position to be in because we are conscious like beings that have the ability to now recognize that a lot of our actions are causing the earth to destruction. Yeah. Destruction. And so we have a choice. Like we, the choice is in our hands and we can't ignore that. And it's, it, it feels like we're changing and we still have so much work to do, but um, you know, it's very, it's very humbling when you look at how far fungi have come from an evolutionary standpoint, like billions of years. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a hundred percent million ways um, really transformed transformed my understanding of our ecosystem, our world, our earth, the soil, forests, like nothing is static. Like there is, there is this underground highway of, you know, mycelium that is allowing a form of communication and the passing of nutrients through all landscapes. So it's really, it's really quite incredible. Okay. I want to also just talk like more about mushrooms and like learn more because I feel like the moment is now. Um, so you mentioned before that animals are like more closely related to fungi than any other kingdom. And I want to know more about that. Note. Um, well, so we, I mean, if you, yeah, so if you go back in time, um, you know, eventually, like, fungi, bacteria, parasites, these, like, more single, single-celled organisms existed, like, everything started in the water, um, and as we slowly moved out of the water, fungi were among the first that were able to, like, make that, you know, transition from water to land, and from there followed plants and the plants that were able to have these mutualistic relationships 
um, with fungi, with the mycorrhizal kind of like, you know, this relationship between the fungi mycelium and the root of the plant allowed for the stability of that plant to survive and evolve. So as, as that kind of, as we started to move out of the water and onto land, the, the, the organisms that would survive and have the, the highest chance of survival were those that were partnering with fungi. And somewhere along the, you know, like ecological network pyramid of, of, of um, life, we split off from, from fungi and yet we still have a lot of the same, um, I guess, like functions in place in that we are digesting enzymes or digesting our food um, with enzymes and that food source is coming from, you know, it's not, it's not a sunlight. It's not, we're not photosynthesizing in the way that plants are. We're deriving our nutrition from elements in our environment and using enzymes to metabolize them and, and grow in that manner. Um, and so it's, it is, yeah, it's animals are, are more closely related to fungi than we are to plants or to any other um, kingdom, which is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. And it's a great fact to know. So for those of you listening, they're like, I didn't know that. Now, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I also really would love to go into detail about the benefits that mushrooms have on our earth and ecosystem. Like we really do know that they're good for us. And we'll, we'll go into detail about that too, how they, they help humans and they help our immune system. They help all of our systems in our body. But I do want to talk about how mushrooms can really support the environment. And just, just for one example, like I, I was watching, um, what's Paul Samet's movie? Fungi? Yeah, Fantastic mm-hmm. Fungi, which I love. And you have to pay for it, but I'll keep paying for it every time <laughs> I want to watch it. It's wonderful. And there was a part that, you know, they touch on that mushrooms can like support in decomposing plastic, which is like crazy. So I want to just talk about everything that you know about this topic and um, and yeah, just kind of do a little bit of a deep dive and to, to then lead on to how we can use mushrooms to support our environment as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it is because like I was saying, mushrooms exist at this interface of life and death. Um, if you, if you were to imagine our earth without fungi, like it would, I mean, we wouldn't be able to exist, but like there would just be piles and piles of debris and dead matter. And like the leaves wouldn't decompose and, you know, a branch falling in the forest wouldn't decompose. So, um, fungi have those really, really powerful enzymes that we need to decompose everything and to turn, you know, dead matter into life again. So through that ability, I mean, it's really interesting. Even if you look at like forest fires, what grows after forest fires, there's like morels and certain species of mushrooms that are the first to pop up. Similar, you know, there was um, an investigation of like, you know, fungal species in Chernobyl after the big, big explosion. And there's like fungi that are radioactive and that that are still popping up that are like, you know, decomposing and are in this process of, of developing these enzymes that it can use to break down some of the toughest, weirdest, most toxic um, compounds on our earth. And so, you know, the exact mechanisms of like what they're doing, what compounds they're using, I'm not totally sure of, but I know that there are various, various types of fungi that have the ability to break down radiation, plastic, different different types of um, compounds and toxic elements in our environment and it's which is huge. huge like that is huge yeah and to even also- think about how you know I just feel like for so long people would you know before this would happen it's like well what do we do like how do we get rid of it and it's like the earth is providing us a way to take care of itself so Another thing, the earth doesn't need us. We need the earth. And I think that's another note to really stick with. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It is so entirely true. 
Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the other, the other thing, the really cool thing that you can do with, with mushrooms and their ability to kind of clean up soils, rebuild soils, create more layers of soil, um, but also, you know, filter out, um, different toxins from the water supply. So there's like mycofiltration where they're using fungi to decontaminate water that have heavy metals or um, E. coli or like any of those types of things. There's some really interesting micromediation projects and um, one that we just, so on our website, on Rainbow's website now, we just integrated with um, this amazing not-for-profit, or they're not a not-for-profit, they're just an impact-driven company called Beam. And we chose four, um, four not-for-profits that really align with Rainbow and, and our values. And one of them is a micromediation project where they're actually using mycofiltration and fungi um, to clean up this river in Spokane. So it is, it's really, really fascinating the different forms of like filtration and and remediation that we can do bioremediations that we can do with fungi and all this research that's currently taking place and even like being put into action like this is just like a stepping stone of how we can really use how we can really use fungi to save the existing and support the existing issues that are we're currently facing in this world so you know, when it, when it comes to, um, well, Chernobyl was a perfect example, but also this huge amount of like plastic and landfills that we have around the world that are emitting like crazy CO2 emissions. And they're just like, they're, they're, they're kind of just like a stepping stone into this issue that we're having with, um, with global warming, like fungi can really help and support. So we need to be also having our eye on these, you know, these scientists and these organizations that are trying to use research to help figure out a way to have fungi, you know, change into making the world a better place. Okay. So let's, let's also talk about like cycling nutrients through the food chain and building soils and how fungi do play a role with that as well. Well, they kind of similar to what I was mentioning earlier about um, you know, if you think about a forest or any, any, any green space, really, um, like mycelium exists all throughout different, you know, in cities, in, in different types of uh, environments. But um, how they do that is through these mycelial networks. And you can think about mycelium as um, kind of like these like chain like structures um, that uh, are only a cell wall thick, so and yet they they have the ability to expand and form huge, huge networks. Um, so they're kind of like these underground systems that um, hold a lot of our soils together and provide, you know, um, provide just like a really solid network for trees to exist on, for the plants to exist on. And this is what connects plants and trees. And they're all existing within the soil in these like mycorrhizal relationships and different types of fungal relationships beyond that. But um, in that process through these chains, they're able to cycle these nutrients. Um, trees are cycling nutrients to their saplings and to their, their babies through mycelial networks. And there's a really incredible Canadian... Um, scientists that discovered that trees are actually talking to each other through these mycelial networks and they're able to send warning signals to each other about potential threats. And that is that similar to, um, <laughs> there is this mushroom that lives in the forest that also like emits like when the spores, um, when the spores, hit, this is like the ant thing. Do you remember in the movie where the spores go on the ant and then the ants are infected and they can't go to, um, they can't reach the queen ant, but then the ants die and it creates more fungi. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. How crazy is that? They're so crazy. I mean, there's some like pretty far out, um, theories out there that like you know 
that like mushrooms and mycelium are actually like ruling the earth and that we are these like vectors for their survival. Um, because, you know, they're in our bodies, they're all over us, they're, they're, they're in our air, they're in our clouds. The spores are, are just everywhere. Off, in our homes, yeah. Yeah, they're everywhere. We're taking a quick break from that episode with a message from our sponsors over at Seedlip. Founded by Ben Branson in 2015, Seedlip marries his 300-year English farming heritage with a love of nature, flavor, and design. Seedlip is the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirits on a mission to change the way the world drinks by connecting people to the wonders of the natural world. As we continue to prioritize our health and well-being, Seedlip offers a welcome moment of pause to reflect, reset, refocus at the end of every day or week. Create space for yourself through these little rituals like winding down with a delicious non-alcoholic cocktail using the sophisticated alternative delivered directly to your door via seedlipdrinks.com slash CA. And just a reminder for lemon water listeners, you can use code lemonwater at checkout for 10% off your first order. Now back to our episode. It's just interesting to pay attention I, I encourage the listeners to pay attention to like sometimes you see like for for me for example like in our front we we have like this like box wooden um this like box wooden thing with really horrible soil like the soil is not healthy at all but sometimes we see mushrooms growing from it and I always think I'm like where did the spores come from <laughs> like how did this happen and like I don't know the more and more you like realize like the mushrooms around you I just keep thinking like where where did this come from? But there's obviously a purpose for them. Totally. I mean, the, the spores are everywhere. There's like, um, yeah, there's, I love that. Like I've just become, I probably get honestly seven mushroom messages daily of like, look what's, growing. what is this? <laughs> yeah, what is this? Look what's growing in my house. Like look what's growing on my house plant. Um, it's just really fun. And I'm like, I don't always, know, I definitely don't always know the answer to this. Um, but it's fun to do the research and I mean, yeah, but like spores are everywhere and mold, of course, can be both bad. bad. It, well, is bad it, it can be, it can be really, really bad. Um, but there definitely are also some beneficial molds that, that, you know, we use for bread and wine and penicillin and all those things that we rely heavily on and I want to, um, I would love to get into Rainbow and your products and how they can benefit us and why we need fungi. And yeah, let's just talk about all the goodies. So as of right now, Rainbow has, I'm literally guessing I'm like uh, two, four, five, do you have five or six? We have seven. Seven tinctures? No. Well, we have Five, we have 1111, Rishi, Chaga, Lion's Mane, Cordyceps, Cordyceps Turkey Tail. Six, 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 six. And then 1111, alcohol free and forest juice. Okay, but six. <laughs> six. <laughs> six. Okay. Let's talk about all of them briefly because I know you and I can talk about a single tincture for literally three hours. Like when I get excited about one, <laughs> like I won't shut up about it. Um, so if you heard me talk about this three months ago, my best friend was Chaga. And then if you heard me talk about this two months ago, my best friend was Cordyceps because I felt like really like weak and like blah. Um, but right now under doctor supervision, I am macro dosing on Reishi. And, um, but that was under doctor supervision. So do not self-diagnose and do not start macro dosing because you feel like it. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about all of them. Uh, lastly, we'll talk about 1111, but let's start with Chaga. And I think Chaga is also just very, um, just popular in, in the wellness space in the sense that you can see the teas a little bit more commonly if you go somewhere. Um, and you did just release Spirit Bears Chaga, which I would love to talk about after as well. But let's just um, first talk about Chaga and its benefits and how it can really support us mm -hmm. um, every day. Yes. So Chaga is such an almighty mushroom. It is, yeah, the first mushroom I learned about, one of, one of the most well-known mushrooms 
and is this beautiful black conch that grows all over Canada. Like you go two and a half to three hours north of the city and you are likely to like find chaga growing northwards of that. Um, it grows on birch and it can, it can become a really, really huge conch that grows on these birch trees. Um, it's amazing to find. And it has, it's known as the, the king of the medicinal mushrooms and has really, really potent and powerful antioxidants in it that have been studied in cancer research. They have, you know, it's kind of touted as this like anti-aging um, cellular protector, DNA protector. And that is due to the presence of a lot of different beta-glucans, triterpenes, the betulinic acid, and so many other um, so many other nutrients, amino acids, compounds that we have yet to even like do enough research into, but there's definitely a few that are the 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 reasons why it kind of is so highly regarded as um, an immunomodulator, which really just is any mushroom like mushrooms are incredible immunomodulators, which just means that it will work with what the body needs, what every individual's body needs. If that immune system is upregulated, it can bring it back into a balanced set point. And if it's under, you know, regulating, it can again, bring it up to- All mushrooms, not just chaga, right? All mushrooms. And that's because mushrooms are, they have these these beta-glucans that are, that's what they're known for. Stabilizers, right? Like kind of like a stabilizer. Exactly. Like finding harmony in the body. And- and so, yeah, this mushroom, this mushroom is also like, it's so powerful that if you are taking any other medications, like you should be checking in with your doctor um, or your, your holistic practitioner or care provider to ensure that this is going to um, work well with any other medications because it is also, um, you know, it can, it can thin the blood. So any, any individuals that are taking blood thinners, it's not recommended to take them in tandem. Um, and so, yeah, these are, these are powerful medicines. Also something really special about it too, is that you've mentioned, um, we've spoken about this many times that chaga is really seen as like a sacred, um, a sacred medicine. So it's like, take more, don't take it more than you need and, you know, leave it, leave it for others. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, a re- really nice segue into spirit bears chaga as well. Um, and learning about the way that he sustainably um, sources his, the chaga that he provided us and that he, that he offers. It's all from tamagami um, and these like beautiful old growth forests that are like six hours from Toronto. So pretty far, pretty, pretty North. Um, and he has, um, you know, he's, he's an indigenous and elder in his community um, with a lot of just really beautiful knowledge and is incredibly connected to, um, to practices and really respects and reveres just our planet and the creator. And so before he harvests any of the chaga, he blesses the tree. He does a ceremony and he's, He's also, he told me that he was um, one of the first that he's known of that has been able to successfully re-inoculate a tree with, um, with a birch tree with chaga mycelium so that it can like take to that new tree. And that's something that's typically not done. Um, so he's, yeah, he's a really, really spectacular human who's been a great guide for me on, you know, we've had a few phone calls and he's, I'm going to be going on a, a spirit quest with him at some point soon. We were supposed to go at the end of last summer, but then COVID and just, we haven't been able to make it happen yet, but he, he does all sorts of experiences taking, taking people into nature and um, hosting ceremonies and sweat lodges and those types of things. So I feel very, very lucky to have his guidance and, um, and yeah, so that, that our, our chaga that he sources, Spirit Bear's chaga is, it really is sacred. I received it as a gift like five or six years ago from my friend after she went on a camping trip to Tamagami and she brought it home for me. I still have it in my cupboard and I just like instantly felt how powerful it was. And I had, I mean, I still have it. So 
it really a little bit goes a long way. Yes, especially with the brewing instructions. I'm not trying to sell a product right now, but with <laughs> with Rainbow's um, Spirit Bird Chaga, it says that one like you can brew the same batch up to five or six times. So a little goes a long way and you probably should have that little jar for quite some time. It really will last a, a while. Chaga is incre- incredible. Okay. Um, so moving on, let's talk about cordyceps. Cordyceps. Okay. So this is our energy mushroom. And again, like I mentioned, a lot of these mushrooms are, you know, really well known um, for their immune protecting benefits. So across the board, that's just what they all are doing. Um, and this one specifically, cordyceps has been known to enhance energy levels through ATP being this like energy molecule in our cells. And it acts to actually enhance that molecule, the energy molecule. And so there's a lot of athletes that use cordyceps, um, and you can take this mushroom before you work out. I have a few people right now who are taking it um, after like just, you know, at the, at the end of their breastfeeding with their newborns. Um, like we're like, you know, actually a year old now, but I have a lot of, a lot of like post-pregnancy women who are taking it, who have seen pretty amazing benefits um, in their sleep deprived states, of course. So this mushroom has been known as this like, you know, fire enhancing people use it for libido and for their sex drive. Um, and just generally like, you know, stamina and energy. And I always like to think about energy as the whole system, like as all chi in the body. And if you have a lot of energy, like you will naturally have a stronger libido. Like that's just the, the two of them really go, um, hand in hand. It's having that like the chi and the strong life force in the body. Ch- chaga, I mean, chaga and cordyceps don't look like your typical fungi also. No, they don't. They're, yeah, that's a really good point. They definitely don't. Cordyceps is, we, so there's different types of cordyceps, cordyceps militaris, cordyceps sinesis, and cordyceps militaris is a vegan version. So we're not, we're not getting the like cordyceps that, you know, grows on um on uh like you know caterpillars or or insects and like parasitizes them and kills them um although it is a it is a strong form of like of of cordyceps but um the ones that we are using are cultivated and they're vegan and so we're not like killing another insect or or life form to create our cordyceps Um, but yeah it's like a beautiful orange like finger-like mushroom that I, I think it's scary okay well <laughs> to each their own <laughs> but it is a it's a really beautiful color yeah it's the color is very orange nice. yeah um okay so that was cordy and next is lion's mane which i think is so cool because I feel like everyone has a little grow kit at home right now. <laughs> um, Lion's Mane is beautiful and it is so good for our brain. So let's talk about Lion's Mane and the benefits that we can get from it. So Lion's Mane is another really, it's, it's yeah, probably our, one of our best sellers. People are loving Lion's Mane. Um, and so this mushroom specifically is our brain power mushroom and, um, it can provide mental clarity, improve memory and focus. Um, and also excitingly, there's some pretty, pretty incredible studies that are showing, um, its ability to kind of act as a neuroprotector for degenerative uh, or neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and dementia. So basically, um, neurodegeneration related to age um, and just that like cognitive decline that comes with age. So this is a really exciting area for brain health, and um, and it also similar to turkey tail has the ability to support the gut um, and a healthy microbiome. So. We have people using our lion's mane. I, I like to recommend this one in the morning and I have it almost every day. 
one thing I want to interrupt in, in what I love that you said earlier was just that like you are cycling your mushrooms and you're basically like going through and working with the needs of your body and like trying out different mushrooms for specific times. I think it's important because I've noticed in the past when I would have all my beautiful rainbows, I would just like one drop here, one drop there. And it's like, you're not really your body. I I like to see a difference and I like to like notice change. And I think it's important to, I mean, through your guidance too, you, you taught me that it's important to cycle through them and really let your body take its time to really understand, you know, each mushroom and what it can do for us. And yeah, I just think for me, it, it really helped me understand my body's relationship to all these different mushrooms. But but if you can touch on why it's important, if I didn't hit it on the head. Totally. Um, no, you, you totally did hit it on the head. It is a, yeah, it's it's basically just a concept. Like, because the question that we get the most often is just how do I decide what tincture to, that, that I need and where do I start? And we've made a really great graph that we, that helps people kind of look at what the major benefits of each mushroom are. And then you start with one and you just kind of work your way through. The beautiful thing about 11.11 is that it's, it's, you know, the power of synergy in that like those 11 mushrooms, it's not just 11 mushrooms and those 11, you know, to the power of 11 or whatever, like they, the, the, the effects of that combination is much more powerful um, when they're together than when they're alone, but you're getting a higher dosage of each individual mushroom in our single extracts or in our in our single tinctures. So if you want to work a bit more um, therapeutically or just with a specific, um, if you have a specific function like stress, then you know we would recommend you starting with reishi. And and yeah, I mean you you that was pretty much it. You nailed it. Okay. So that's great. Um, but with that, so back to Lion's Mane though. So did, did we cover it all? I think we did cover it all. But um, for me personally, I was just wondering, is Lion's Mane something that you can, if I want to be using it to like have that like quick and sharp clarity um, and like if I'm experiencing brain fog, do you still recommend Lion's Mane be one that you take every single day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And you can like, you can totally combine the mushrooms too. Like even if you're high dosing with reishi and you want to have like that spike of lion's mane in the morning, you can absolutely take, take it as well. Okay. Good to know. So next on the singular one, turkey tail, which is the brand. No, no, let's talk about, no, let's talk about, let's talk about, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about reishi. Um, reishi, I feel like is one of the most popular ones. Um, and maybe it's just also the people that I'm like following and listening to. I feel like everyone's talking about reishi, but I want to know um, from your experience and like what, what we can learn about reishi and how it can support us. Totally. Um, So this mushroom is again, like known as the elixir of immortality. And like, this is the mushroom of spiritual potency kind of, um, equal to chaga and that this is known as the queen of the medicinal mushrooms. It's been used for millennia, definitely one of the most popular um, mushrooms. I think it's also one, at least it was for a little while, one of the most popular nutraceuticals um, and definitely like so widely used in Asia. Um, So this mushroom is an adaptogenic mushroom. Not all mushrooms are adaptogens. Rishi and cordyceps are known adaptogens within the mushroom kingdom. And chaga as well has some adaptogenic qualities, but there's like, you know, specific specifics that are, um, that make a herb or a mushroom an adaptogen and, and rishi is one of them. So this one is a really beautifully calming mushroom. It's often used for stress. It is used to support the liver and our adrenal glands. Um, it can help, you know, our resistance to, to stress and a lot, it's also being used for like sleep, sleep support as well. So you can use it before bed. This mushroom isn't going to be stimulating. It's really, really relaxing. And um, yeah, this is the mushroom that I used in, in high doses for a little while, which I always like, it's always interesting to say, but it doesn't mean that you ne- like anybody necessarily needs to do that. Um, you can have small quantities over long periods of time and see really incredible benefits to the HPA axis, the 
hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which is going to be part of our stress response. Um, and I always like to say as well that nothing is a panacea. Like mushrooms are such incredible allies for protecting our bodies. And, you know, they do so, so much for us and can really, really build resiliency in the body. Um, but I always like to recommend that what's really going to have the most powerful effects long-term is a combination of diet, supplementation, and lifestyle. So that means, you know, if you're really stressed out, you should probably also be, you know, looking at your breathing and starting to meditate and like really approaching things from a holistic perspective. Um, and, you know, kind of combines why we love to focus on like the recipes section of our, of our, of our website and our offerings and just combining it, that kind of whole lifestyle, whole, whole life approach to health. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, like mushrooms aren't going to like cure all your problems. Like there are so many other pillars, um, to our well being that we need to, of course, as you mentioned, incorporate, um, and I think that this past year, we've all been super stressed uh, naturally. So I think there's just other ways to look at. And rainbow, using mushrooms, is like an aid to support you. Um, but it's not the an- like the full-out answer. Let's talk about the newest one, which is turkey tail. Turkey uh, tail, yes. Could not have come at a better time. So let's talk about that. Totally. So this is such a powerful mushroom and it's definitely not as widely known or understood. So, and yet it was, it was highly requested. Um, but this is, this is the most widely researched medicinal mushroom of all, which is pretty incredible. So this mushroom has extensive research spanning like so many different types of cancers. Um, and is a really potent immunomodulator, immune protector, um, and is just a a really incredible mushroom. It grows native to basically all over the world. You can find turkey tail where there's like any hardwood. Um, you likely will be finding turkey tail, which is it's 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 I love that like fact and and I think it's just pretty incredible that it's so widespread um, and that this like you know, nature is basically just like here, it's literally everywhere. And this can, you can brew it into a tea, you can make it into an extract and it can have these really potent um, benefits to our body and our immune system. It's also a prebiotic for the microbiome. So there's some really interesting studies that show that it can increase the diversity of bacteria in our microbiome. microbiome I get I'm now I'm like always kind of like confused between or like accidentally saying microbiome instead of the microbiome yes what's a microbiome the microbiome is the population of like the fungal population in our gut because oh okay okay it's also a huge a huge population of fungi um that are flourishing throughout the body so yeah this this is our you know, we've, we've called this our immune mushroom, but really it is um, like they're all immune immunity mushrooms. And this one, the studies are just like most, most um, actively pointing towards the immunomodulating benefits. Mm-hmm. Great. So those are all of our friends. Is there a reason why turkey tail was alcohol free as well? Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of requests for alcohol free and so not all tinctures require, not all, not all mushrooms require a dual extract of hot water or like of hot water and, and alcohol. And so turkey tail is a mushroom that we only need to like extract it in a hot water extraction. And so we didn't put it through the, the um, alcohol extraction because that's not where the, like the studies are showing that it's just the hot water extract that has the benefits. So we just wanted to create an alcohol-free extract for that one. And, um, and then 1111 is our other alcohol-free tincture that we do is still dual extracted, but is, is um, in an alcohol-free glycerin base. And 
I have a question about um, the the tinctures. Would there be a difference in potency if you are using the drops in a hot beverage, or would you recommend just mixing with a little bit of water and sipping? Because I know that there are some herbs that when you put it in really, really hot liquids, they kind of like die. So would it be the same thing for mushrooms or you would get the same, but I'm asking for me, am I getting the same benefits of putting like five full drops of reishi in my coffee versus putting five full drop, like five full drops of reishi in like a little bit of water and sipping it? The, the benefits and the potency really shouldn't change. Um, I like to steer people away from like adding. Okay. So they're very temperature stable because they've been exposed to hot water in an extract and the alcohol. So it, it is like mushrooms are, are quite temperature stable, but I still personally just don't like add it to scalding boiling water, but I add it to like my drinks, my beverages all the time. Um, and but for me, it's always a combination of like a cold milk and, and all that stuff. So there, there's no like research showing and we've, we get this question a lot. So we have, we've looked into it, but there's no research showing that like it shouldn't be added to a hot beverage. Yeah. And, and it's also going to be beneficial if you just add it to water. Um, that's something I've just been like naturally doing more of lately, but you can do both. Okay. That was a question. I hope it answers some of everyone's questions. But um, what is to come for Rainbow? Can there? What are you looking to work on in the horizon? Not to say you've already you've already built such a beautiful, you know, such a beautiful array of products and offerings for the community. But like, what what's to come? What, what do you want the next step to be? Oh, what a what a big question. I mean, there are so many projects for rainbow that I, I dream about working on. And so my, you know, what I'm really focused on right now is expanding our team and expanding our supply chain so that we can offer more mushrooms to more people in a sustainable way, in a sustainable (laughs) way. Exactly. And like really trying to finesse what that means and looks like for us. Um, and so I'm really focused there. We have a lot of exciting education projects that we're working on that I'm super excited about. We, you know, I have, I have this, this book that I'm trying to make strides of progress towards that I'm in the process of like writing out and working on. There is products in our pipeline that I'm really excited about. Um, so yeah, I honestly, like I, I, I'm just so excited to get an enthused group of mycophiles and really passionate individuals working and to really have a strong team so that we can do so much and help as many people as possible and get this fungal wisdom out there and just work on innovative and cool projects with fungi and mycelium and mushrooms. I love that. I'm so excited for you and Rainbow's future. So right before we go, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me and, you know, have this conversation because it's been long awaited, but what do you want to leave off and tell our listeners today? Hmm. Well, I know. I mean, the first thing that came to mind after this conversation, um, and one that I think is a really important thing to remember in Earth Month, um, is just that we are nature. Like we, we are that. There is no separation there. And yes, there are various different species and life forms, but at the same time this intelligence and nature runs through us. It pulses through us. We are it. We will go back to it. You know, we are all connected by this form of consciousness that is, I think just an important thing to be reminded of um, in, in this month is just connecting back to it in a positive way where 
you know, we have everything we need to heal ourselves, to heal each other. The body is brilliant. Nature is brilliant. We are in and of itself the same thing. So that is, that's what I would like to leave off with. I love you. That was so nice. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah. Thank you of course, round two. Thank you. <laughs> um, for those of you listening, feel free to follow Rainbow Mushrooms on Instagram. And also there is so much knowledge and education on Rainbow's website. I also do want to note, I really respect and admire um, that on each tincture that you click on, there are studies that Tanya and the team has linked that you can actually read up some research that's been done um, on these mushrooms and on these fungi, because it is important to make sure you know what you know what's going on, and you're not just taking something because you saw someone take it online. So do your research, um, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And we also are always we have a lot of people asking us their health questions, and we do our very best. If you do have questions, we're very very responsive to um, answering. But remember, them. they're a small team. We're <laughs> <laughs> a small team. Small team growing. Yeah. Small team, big heart. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Bye, Tanya. Thank you so much, Michelle. Bye.